Patrick, I'm going to try it too. Good evening. It is great to see you. Thank you for, for being here. I'm looking forward to studying God's Word with you for a few minutes tonight. Um, go ahead and ask you, you can be turning in your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. What we've been doing on Sunday nights is trying to help reinforce and emphasize some of the things that our young people are uh, studying, junior high and high school classes uh, are studying a, a book from Lads the Leaders called the Pearls Book. They study every single year for Lads the Leaders, and right now they're going through that and studying the book of Romans. And I think I was talking to Marcus, who's one of the school te- the classroom teachers, I think we're about a one week behind. So if the kids studied chapter four today, we're studying chapter three uh, tonight, uh, sort of, you know, repetition's a good teacher, right? So if they studied this last week, we can be remembering it this week. But So that's what we're trying to do is help reinforce and emphasize some of the, the lessons that are being taught from the book of Romans that they're studying from the, uh, that workbook each, each week. But before we do that, before we study for a few minutes tonight, uh, speaking of, of Marcus, he, he mentioned specifically, he asked that we remember uh, the Spawn family, dear friends of theirs from... Um, where they used to live and worship and um, we've been praying for a young man named Victor for quite a while now uh, if I remember correctly I think he's only about 11 years old but he's had cancer and gone through such a journey and then gotten better gotten good re- good news good reports but now again most recent reports are not good they're very uh, scary and concerning and so uh, Marcus asked that we remember Victor and the Spawn family and so of course we want to do that and so um, we're going to pray together again. But to emphasize, uh, as we talked about this morning, we got lots of young folks that are going through things tomorrow, Ella and Will both having surgery. And so they're on our minds. And um, I just love praying and love praying with you. And so let's pray for a quick moment together and remember these young people. And then, uh, then we'll study together. Let's pray. Almighty God, our loving Father, we come into your presence again. We're so thankful that we can do this. We're so thankful that we can uh, take a moment to pray, and we are stunned and in awe and amazed that we have your attention. And so, Father, we pray that you will bless these young people that we've mentioned tonight. Be with Victor. Help him as he faces this challenge. Help him to be strong. Heal him. Protect him. Be with his family and his friends that care for him and will walk with him in this difficult journey. And we pray for our family right here. We pray for Will and Ella that the, things will go great for them tomorrow. Uh, that you'll bless and protect them. Keep them safe. Be with their doctors and uh, the brilliant people that will be taking care of them. We pray for their families as well as they support them. And right here, right now, Father, we ask that you would watch over us and bless us. We're going to read from your holy word. We want to know it, understand it, and live it. We want to give you great glory, not only in the time spent here tonight, but in the way that we live when we leave this place. So we ask for wisdom, we ask for courage to live in the way that we uh, see and understand your will as it's revealed. And as we've sung tonight, help us with the way that we speak and act, because we know that reveals our hearts. And we seek to love each other the right way. We seek to respond to you reciprocate the love you've shown to us and we seek to love others the way you would have us to. Father, help us to do this. Help us to love each other in a way 
that is righteous and good and it glorifies you. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Because that is what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about and study the concept of love tonight. So Patrick did just the perfect job, not only leading us uh, so well as he always does, but in that last song, Angry Words, that's emphasized in a couple of the, the, the verses, but the, the chorus... The chorus is an emphasis on we're to love each other the right way. Love each other the way God would have us love each other. Love each other the way God's loved us. Love one another is the command of the Lord. And so we're going to talk tonight and think through the way that we're to properly love each other. Um, Romans chapter 12, let's just take a minute to, to read these lines. The text that was, that was given in the, in the Pearls book, uh, this is one of those passages Romans 12, beginning at verse 9 and then going through verse 18, it's just packed full of really, really challenging, everyday, day-to-day, practical information about how to take from this message that you read from right here from the pages of God and to go out into the world and be a different person, genuinely, without hypocrisy, loving other people. Because that's the concept, that's the idea tonight, loving without hypocrisy. So read these lines with me. Let's read together. As I was, as I was reading this earlier this week and, and thinking through it, the more and more and more times that I read through this passage, the more and more and more I felt inadequate to expound upon it. And just saying, the power is here. The challenge is here. I don't need to say anything fancy. I don't need to say anything special or mind-blowing because the power is right here. Listen to these words. Read it with me and, and take it, generally, take it to heart. Let love be genuine. Or you might have there something like, let love be without hypocrisy. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, but fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. And if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. So this week's lesson is about genuine love. It's about learning to love without hypocrisy. That's, that's the concept. That's the idea. In the, in the book that our, our young people read from and studied this past week, uh, the story is told by, by a, man named, a young man named Brandon Edwards. Uh, Brandon's one of those guys. His granddad uh, was Dr. Earl, it's Dr. Earl Edwards, one of my all-time favorite professors at Freed Hardman, just one of the most brilliant men ever, compassionate, kind, 
just kind of one of those great, great men that uh, you'd love for your own children to, to emulate and be like. Well, Brandon wrote this chapter, and he tells a story about this young man that he came to know, that Brandon met about, what, about 17 or so years ago. Brandon was living in Wuhan, China. As crazy as that sounds, he was living in China teaching English to high school students. And one of the things that he would do, you know, the, the kids there evidently were really into American culture, and, and so they loved being able to interact with a genuine American. Uh, they probably really thought it was something. Brandon's one of those guys, you know, he's from the South, just like us. And so, you know, getting to hear his uh, accent probably really just drove them wild, thought it was really cool. So they would get together and want to watch movies and then talk about them and talk about American culture. And Brandon said that one night there in Wuhan, he had all these uh, teenagers in his tiny little apartment. They watched the movie. Then as people were leaving, he said he noticed, he knew this one kid, a kid he'd never seen before, never been to any of his English classes before. This stranger showed up and is leaving with his DVD player in his backpack. And so Brandon stopped him. And this is a really incredible way to handle things. He took his picture and he said, I can either turn this picture in to the authorities or you can give me my stuff back and we can have a conversation. And he gave him the DVD player back and, and Brandon mentioned to him, he said, I'll tell you a story about these two men who are being crucified on either side of this one man. And the one said to one, you can be with me in paradise. The other one was condemned. He said, you have a choice. You can be like the one who was condemned or be like the one who joined him in paradise. Which would you want to be? He said, well, clearly, I don't want to be condemned. I don't know what paradise is, but I don't want to be condemned, so I want to be like the other guy. And Brandon said, well, come back tomorrow, and I'll tell you the story that completes this. He said he should have been more specific because at 4.30 the next morning, the guy was knocking on his door for the rest of the story. And come to find out, this guy, who at the time, this, remember this was 17 years ago, this 19-year-old kid had done everything you can do, was basically just in the world's eyes about as bad as you could be. After a time of study and, and back and forth, the young man obeyed the gospel. And then when he understood what it was, the way that he was forgiven, the way that his life was changed, the way that he'd gone from doing all these things, all the kind of the checklist of all the stuff that's wrong to do, he said he couldn't go back to that. He needed to radically change his life. And so he made the decision, the young man from China was going to give the rest of his life to going into North Korea and freeing people that were there and being oppressed. One of the most dangerous things I guess you could possibly do, and that's what he's done for the last several years. Brandon says that he's helped to free over 4,000 people from North Korea and has been instrumental in being a part of a few thousand being baptized. Incredible. We see that he tells that story. Brandon tells that story because he came in contact with someone who wanted to genuinely live out what it was he understood was being taught in places like this in Romans 12. To genuinely love other people. To really and truly love them. What am I going to do? I'm going to go and do the biggest, most incredible thing I can do. Go help people who are being oppressed and hurt and held down. Well, so again, this is very similar to what we said last week. Remember last week, we were looking in Romans 12, verse 1, about being a living sacrifice. And we said, you don't have to be the one who does the grand, big, huge sacrifice. Because Jesus the Christ has done that for us. 
What you're called upon to do there in Romans 12.1 is to be a daily, a living, day-in, day-out sacrifice. Give yourself to the Lord. Well, the same kind of thing that when it comes to, to loving other people, you may never ever make your way into territories that are ruled by merciless dictators. But that doesn't mean, just because you don't go diving into these places with terrible dictators, that doesn't mean your faith is weak. And that doesn't mean you're a hypocrite. Because on the one hand, it would be hypocritical to say, you must free the persecuted from North Korea and then never go there yourself. That would be hypocritical. But it would be just as hypocritical to say something like, lying is wrong, and then tell your own lies anytime and every time it suits your purposes. What we are called to do, what we are called to do, as we read here in, in Romans 12, is to genuinely, without hypocrisy, love other people. And you can do that right, no, no, you must do that right here in Glasgow, Kentucky. Not trying to travel to other places, not, you don't even have to go to a different county. You can do it in Barron County. You must do it right here. Wherever it is that you go, wherever it is that you find yourself, you must be one who loves without hypocrisy. Because here's the deal. God knows us. He made us. He knows us. He knows that we're dust and he knows that we're weak. I want to read a couple of passages that emphasize this. Turn with me to Psalm 103. Psalm 103. We're going to read two passages from two different Psalms. Psalm 103. We're going to begin reading together at verse 6, okay? And as we read this together, here's what I want you to, the thought I want you to have in mind before we start reading. God knows your dust. Now, that may sound like a strange thing to say, but he knows where you're from. He knows what you're made of. He knows what you are and who you are because he made you. He knows your dust. He knows you're frail. So read it. Psalm 103, Psalm 103, beginning at verse 6. 103, verse 6. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed he made known his ways to moses his acts to the people of israel the lord is merciful and gracious slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love he will not always chide nor will he keep his anger forever he does not deal with us according to our sins nor repay us according to our iniquities how thankful we should be that that's true. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we're dust. He does not expect monumental feats of sinless perfection. Remember, that was the role of Jesus Christ, 2 Corinthians 5.21. He also knows that we're weak. Turn back to Psalm 72. Psalm 72. Psalm 72, let's start reading together at verse 12. 
Psalm 72, 12. 72, 12. This is what the Bible says. He delivers the needy when he calls. The poor and him who has no helper. He has pity on the weak and the needy, and he saves the lives of the needy. From oppression and violence, he redeems their life, and precious is their blood in his sight. God knows we're dust. God knows, he knows that we're weak, and he does not expect monumental feats charging into North Korea. That's a brilliant, incredible, amazing, precious story. But you and I may well be called to something different. You don't have to go marching into North Korea to be faithful. You don't have to go marching into North Korea to be the person who fits the image of Romans chapter 12. But here's what you do have to do. Here's what's not negotiable. God absolutely does expect and He absolutely does demand that we love with genuine love. He absolutely does expect and He demands that we love without hypocrisy. And so in part, what that means is He demands that we be very real about our own sin. It means that we must be very real about setting the right goals and, and seeking to grow in a way that's more and more and more like Jesus every day. So as you look back here at, at Romans 12, here in Romans 12, verses 9 through 18, that, like I said, there were so many different things. You could probably break out phrase by phrase, and we could have a, a year's worth of sermons right here just from Romans 12, 9 to 18. But let's just take a, a, a broad picture, a, a broad view of what's being said here in these lines that we read a minute ago. In Romans 12, 9 through 18, so what are some of the, the major points of emphasis that, that we should recognize about what it means to love without hypocrisy? Well, part of it is going to be that we are finally and truly and genuinely real about what's good and what's evil. When he says there in verse 9, we're to abhor, we are to hate what's evil, and we are to hold fast to what's good. I often just remind myself what that means is this. Hate what God hates and love what God loves. Hate what God has deemed as wicked and love what God has deemed as righteous and good. Hate what God hates, love what God loves. That is, that's the call. That's, what, that's the expectation. And so one of the things that I would say to you on this night is this. Stop making excuses for allowing that which is dirty and base and vulgar and wicked and worldly. Stop making excuses for allowing those things to cling so closely to you. He says, hate what's evil and hold fast to, love, appreciate, be adoring of that which is good and right. Hate what God hates and love what God loves. Because part of what the hypocrite does is the hypocrite refuses to call things what they are, especially when it comes to their own life. Too often, for too long, we have allowed the world to define the terms. Allowed the world to define the terms of what the family is, what love is, what all... It's time, past time, to recognize we allow the Lord to define these terms. And so we love what He loves and hate what He hates. And He says here, maybe you'll, maybe you'll think with me and turn back to a page like Matthew chapter 7. Matthew 7, the first five verses are all about the, you know, the speck and the beam. You know that passage really well. 
you've got this beam in your own eye and you're trying to get the speck of something out of somebody else's eye. And what happens here, what Jesus is focused on in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 7, is that the hypocrite is the one who refuses to see the sin in their own life. The hypocrite only sees sin in the life of others. And so he says in Matthew 7, verse 5, this is Jesus' words, You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. If we're going to love with genuine love, love without hypocrisy, we're going to be real about what is good, define those terms the way that God does, real about what's good, real about what's evil, and then we're going to also apply it to ourselves, not just apply it to others and say, I can see the evil in your life. I can see all the shortcomings, all the downfalls in your life. We're going to be real about it in ours. Real about good and evil. The second thing from this, this passage here in Romans 12 is if we're going to love without hypocrisy and love with genuine love, we're going to open our life up to our brothers and sisters in Christ. When he says, love each other with brotherly affection, there's an image of, of family. Outdo each other in showing honor. Not slothful in zeal, fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord, rejoice in hope, patient in tribulation. He says in verse 13, contribute to the needs of the saints. Show hospitality. In other words, open your life up to the lives of others. Allow other people in. Beg other people in. Open your life up and seek to be involved in the life of others. It's not always easy. And you know it and I know it. We get consumed, we get busy, we got a thousand things going on and that's just before lunch. We got so many things happening. Adding one more thing, adding one more problem, adding another family with problems like our problems sounds like a, another problem. But he says, if you're going to love the way I want you to love, that's just exactly what you're going to do. Just tonight, Laura and I were talking about these kinds of things. And I know, I know, I know I've got vast amounts of room to improve here. But I do want to do that. I want to love the way God wants me to love. And one of the things that I will do is I will open my life up and get involved in the lives of others in a way that the Lord has asked it to. But then there's this, look at verse 12 with me. If I'm going to love the way God wants me to love, one of the things I'm going to have to do as I seek to navigate this, this difficult world, this, this oftentimes challenging life, here's these two words I, I would give you to sort of define verse 12. Trust God. Trust God. He says, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be constant in prayer. I'm telling you what he's saying in there is just trust me. Things are very, very often going to look and feel terrible. They're going to look bleak, he says, but stay faithful. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Keep on praying. Keep on being patient even when things hurt. Keep on knowing that good is coming, and so be hopeful. One of the problems with the hypocrite is that the hypocrite loves to be praised for being spiritual without doing any hard work. Again, go back to the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus hits the hypocrites hard here. Matthew 6, verse 2, there's the hypocrites when it comes to giving. 
Matthew 6, verse 5, there's the hypocrites when it comes to praying. Matthew 6, verse 16, there's the hypocrites when it comes to fasting. They want all the praise of men, but they don't want to do any of the spiritual hard work. They want immediate reward. They don't want to have to go through the long, difficult life of faithfulness. Because what Jesus is calling us to do in Matthew 6 is be the kind of people who give and pray and fast just because that's who we are. And that's what we do when the sun is shining or when it's dark and rainy. That's what we do when it's a lovely 75 degrees or if it's a terrible 20 degrees. We keep on being those people who live this way and trust God because that's what he's called us to be. And so the one who loves the way that God wants us to love with genuine love trusts him in spite of it all. Then there's this, verse 14. God calls us to look for the good. In verse 14, he says, Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them. Find a way to see the good. Find a way to look for an angle that you can use the, the ugly thing that's been done to you and turn it around and turn it into something that is righteous and holy and works in your favor and God's favor. In fact, in verse 15, he says that we're to be the source of strength and encouragement for others. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Whenever people are on high, they need somebody to, to laugh with. When people are low, they need somebody to cry with. And God expects the person who genuinely loves others to be the source of strength and encouragement. And then verse 16, he says that we're to live in harmony with each other, not haughty, but associating with the lowly, never wise in our own sight. I think one thing that's good to be reminded of is that we need to be reminded that we're all equal at the foot of the cross. We're all sinners in need of grace. Every last one of us are sinners in need of grace. Your social background doesn't matter. Your education doesn't matter. Your bank account doesn't matter. And so he says, don't you dare allow that kind of a thing to come between you and loving someone, getting involved in their life, showing them hospitality, showing them kindness, showing them grace, whatever it might be. Don't you dare allow that to be what keeps you from loving someone the way that you should. And then there's this. I want to end with this. Verse 18. If it's possible... As much as it depends on you, live at peace with all. Give extra effort. Go the second mile. In Matthew 5, 41, Jesus says, if there's somebody who compels you to carry their pack one mile, go with them too. You be a second mile kind of person. Do everything humanly possible to be at peace with others. And I know that it's true in my life, and I know it's true in your life, that so often we are so quick to just write it off as, well, they wouldn't allow it. Give extra effort. Go the second mile. Do everything humanly possible to be at peace with others. This is what you must do to love other people in the way that the Lord has called us to love. Stop making it easy, and by that I mean stop doing what's wrong, and just saying, well, I tried that one day, remember? I, I, I passed by them briefly in the hallway and I said a word. I sent that one text that one time. He tells us to give extra effort. I've got to give extra effort. I've got to go the second mile. You've got to go the second mile. 
We've got to do everything humanly possible to live at peace with others. So when I look back at, at Romans 12, verses 9 through 18, and I'm told, like in an assignment, I'm told to think about loving without hypocrisy here. What's emphasized to me in this passage is that I am to let, I am to love God with all my heart. I'm to love God without hypocrisy. But I'm also to love my family, my neighbors, myself. I'm to love others without hypocrisy. God loves me with a genuine love. God loves you with a genuine love. And so we should show our gratitude by returning genuine love. Let love be without hypocrisy. Let us be the kind of people that love the way God would have us to love because we are loved so perfectly. If we can help you or encourage you, if you need to, to be restored, if you need to, to demonstrate love in a way that you haven't shown it recently, if there's any kind of way that we can help you, won't you come while together we stand and sing?